What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's BlogandTheBoys.com. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're having a very happy, safe, healthy, and merry Christmas weekend. However you're celebrating it, know that we are thinking of you at Blogging the Boys and very grateful for you being a part of our Dallas Cowboys family, a family that right now is rather pissed off uh this is our post game show here at blog and the boys you can watch us live on the blog and the boys youtube channel the blog and the boys twitch channel or the blog and the boys facebook page you can also catch the rewatch on those places at your own convenience which kind of matters this time of year when you're either busy right now or traveling or whatever the case may be know that you can always catch this whenever you are available you can also listen to this on our podcast network if that is more your thing subscribe please to our podcast network wherever you get your podcast also to our youtube channel twitch channel and like us on facebook also please make sure to visit blogandtheboys.com for the latest and greatest in the world of the Cowboys. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or threads at RJ Ochoa or on TikTok at RJ.Ochoa. It is Christmas Eve. It's about 7 p.m. Central Standard Time as we get started. Uh, Rick Ursolini says, hi, RJ. Merry Christmas Eve. Again, you know, I like kind of... Um, Kind of being positive to start. Uh, Watsamata says, howdy, RJ. Merry Christmas, friend. Um, Skylar says, Merry Christmas, BTB family. That's the right spirit to have here. Now, look... Um, it's been about 20 or so minutes in real time for me and for you, I think, since the Cowboys officially lost to the Miami Dolphins, 22 to 20, the final score. Um, and I think what was particularly painful and frustrating about the end of the game was it kind of felt like the Cowboys were going to lose this game for most of the second half. And then, you know, the way sports work, we we kind of we were teased that Dak Prescott to Brandon Cook's touchdown. We thought maybe we're just going to come away with this. Maybe they're going to steal one. Maybe it's going to happen. It was a little bit ugly, but you know what? A win is a win is a win is a win. And ultimately, we'll be 11 and four and all will be good. We don't really have to kind of fight about this over the course of the next couple of weeks. But that did not happen. Obviously, the Cowboys defense, after I think playing really well, um, just couldn't hold on. Tyreek Hill on a critical third down caught a slipping Jordan Lewis and was able to move the chains and the Dolphins got into easy field goal territory and kicked five field goals on the day and that to me is kind of the story I tweeted this actually um, after the fourth field goal look I know the Dolphins dealt with injuries obviously Tyreek has not been at 100% and Jalen Waddle was injured and I wouldn't say ruled out of this game but obviously didn't return to this game at one point Raheem Mostert obviously was dealing with injuries it was not the the best offensive day uh, from the Miami Dolphins. And some of that, obviously, I think is credited or should be credited to the play of the Cowboys defense, a Cowboys defense that I personally have been very hard on as of late. I've been very hard on Dan Quinn. And while I hesitate to say that they were awesome or they were amazing, they more than did their fair share of duty on Sunday afternoon in Miami. They more than put the Cowboys offense in positions to, to put this thing away. Again, the Dolphins scored six times and only one of them was a touchdown. I think that you have to kind of pat the Cowboys defense on the back for that effort and you have to really hold the offense's feet to the fire i mean that touchdown at the very end was just the second cowboys touchdown of the game now you can talk about the hunter lipke obviously fumble if you want to put it on hunter or dak prescott depending on how your fantasy league tracks and calculates those things i hope you were on the right side of it but um you got to be better than that. And we talked about that last week, obviously, against the Buffalo Bills. And I think what is disconcerting right now, if you're a Cowboys fan, is we talked or we chalked the Bills loss up a little bit in our kind of coping um, in the aftermath of it all. We, we chalked that up to, well, the Bills are, are a more desperate team and the Bills are a hungrier team. And I think if you watch the Bills-Chargers game on Saturday night, maybe you were just a little bit concerned with how the Chargers made things a lot closer than the Cowboys did. But it's the NFL. It's a week-to-week -week proposition. And so you can't put a whole hell 
of a lot of stock, and we will get to my stock report, obviously, and things like that. Now, the Dolphins obviously were able to, to you know, clinch a playoff berth with a win, which they ultimately did. Kudos and congratulations to them. Um, but they were not in, in the position of desperation or the position of hunger as the Bills, and, and they were not as elite of a team, I don't think, all due respect to the Dolphins, as the Bills. They were not kind of the, the wolf in sheep's clothing from a record standpoint, the way the Bills were. It was fair, and I think this, you know, last week as, as the evaluation of, of Week 15 happened, that was kind of fair to understand. So we were willing to say, you know what, Cowboys, you kind of caught a Bills team that maybe doesn't have the most impressive record in the NFL, but is much better than that. It's difficult to give the Cowboys any kind of benefit or any kind of excuse or any kind of whatever. And I think what's particularly frustrating to me is, and we use the word narrative a lot, but you know, I, I don't think anybody cares specifically about the narrative, but the narrative about this team is they can't win on the road. They can't beat good teams, right? And that was why a lot of people called this the fraud bowl because Dallas and Miami both kind of in similar situations from that perspective across the holes of their season. And the Cowboys had every bit of control in front of them with regards to putting this narrative to bed. And we've talked and I've talked about how they did put the narrative to bed about beating teams above 500. They beat the Seahawks and that kind of quieted things. They beat the Eagles and then all the chatter about winning against teams with an above 500 record went away. But then obviously the chatter became about beating teams on the road, more specifically beating successful, beating good, beating legitimate, beating playoff teams on the road began to surface. And since the Cowboys have been challenged by the narrative world, by the football world, by the football collective, they have failed. They have failed in back-to-back -back weeks. They have lost back-to-back games for the first time in over two years and what is concerning about this and there's nothing that can happen and i don't mean to say that in kind of a masochistic or uh eore sort of way but what's particularly upsetting is there will not be another opportunity to to answer this call to prove this to ourselves to have the cowboys prove it to themselves i thought kevin burkhardt had a great comment in the drive that dak prescott and the cowboys were putting together where they would ultimately take the lead that they obviously wouldn't hold on to but kevin burkhardt talked about how this was a big game and we'll get to the implications of it from a playoff standing and a divisional standing and you know kind of sense in a moment but kevin burkhardt said this was a big game for the cowboys psyche and i agree with that and depending on how much stock you put into that as far as sports are concerned i do think that this had to be a big moment for the cowboys to say we can go on the road, we can do so against legitimate teams, against playoff teams, and we can come away with wins. And what's concerning is the next game on the road for the Cowboys, in all likelihood, won't mean anything. That Week 18 game on the road against the Commanders, it's very, very, very possible, some would argue more likely than not, that it is going to be insignificant for Dallas, that they're probably going to be locked into that five seed. So the next opportunity that Dallas has to go on the road to win a playoff game, is, or to win a game in general, is going to be in the playoffs. And it's probably going to be against the NFC South winner and while the Buccaneers are on all sorts of fire as of late which is concerning in a general sense if the Cowboys are going to have to play them in the first round people will still if the Cowboys beat them for the second year in a row say it's just the Bucks. it's not even a good team it's just the crummy NFC South winner so the next opportunity to prove it is going to be with everything on the line um, that is kind of my opening thoughts my opening uh, sort of statement if you will um, again it's um it's, it's frustrating because it was all right there for the Cowboys. They had everything in front of them uh, to kind of take control and, and put themselves in a driver's seat and put pressure on Philadelphia. Now, 
for what it's worth, the Dallas Cowboys can still win the NFC East. I know that nobody wants to hear that. I know that everybody wants to be mad at the team right now. But the formula required, the Cowboys now have to win out. They had uh, a situation coming into this week where they only needed to win one game between Miami and Detroit. The Lions did clinch the NFC North on Sunday. Congratulations to them. We will see them, obviously, six days from now when Jimmy Johnson goes into the ring of honor. But um, if Dallas beats Detroit and if they win that insignificant game, so to speak, on the road against the Commanders in Week 18, and if the Eagles lose any game, you get those three things. It is now those three exact things that you need, two Cowboys wins and one Eagles loss and the Cowboys are NFC East champions, but uh, it's kind of difficult to see how that would happen in general right now. What with the Eagles friendly schedule, obviously. And what's more is now Detroit is ahead of the Cowboys. Now if the Cowboys beat them, obviously that knocks them down a peg and gives Dallas the head to head tiebreaker, but it's, um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because everything was in front of the Cowboys and they really um, let it go. They let everything go, which is, um, Tough scene. Uh, let's get to our super chats. Very appreciative of those of you, of you who came in early and obviously super chat. Brian, everybody follow Brian on TikTok at Talk Cowboys. Says, Merry Christmas, Cowboys Nation. We'll catch us on the replay. Going to play Call of Duty to blow off some steam. Go Giants. Beat the Eagles. Merry Christmas and see you all before the New Year's game. Thanks a lot, Brian. Best of luck to you um, in the Call of Duty situation. F Kit Crutch says, Offensive problems. Defense gave them chances and they blew it. Man, the refs. That's all I'm going to say there. Family show. Uh, Tyler Smith needs to go liable. I think he meant be liable. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Smith, I'll, I'll spoil it right now. He's on the stock down portion of my stock report. Not a great game for him, obviously. Sam, thank you for the super chats. As a friend claims Dak gets confused by his own defense. I don't think that that's a fair claim, um, but obviously the current moment lives up to that idea. Anthony, thank you for the super chats. Has really wanted to be positive this year, but this team is the same old Cowboys, uber-talented team with dumb mistakes, pain. I do not think that they are the same old Cowboys. Um, I'm not saying that I think that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think that they're disappointing in a different way. Last year, they were not disappointing and can't win road games, right? Like they find new ways. They find new particular weaknesses. Every year they have a new Achilles heel. Um, and there's this year just happens to be an inability to win on the road, which is concerning because that's how they're, if they want to, going to get to the Super Bowl. Michael, thank you for the Super Chats. As pool starters and make Adoga play every snap for the remainder of the regular season. Run him into the ground until he figures out how to block. Chuma Adoga also on the stock down portion of my stock report. Um, okay. Caught up on Super Chat. Um, oh, F Kid Crutch says Tyron, not Tyler, but yeah, that too. Although, thank you very much. Uh, Watsamata in the comment section says, Wow, all the chatter saying Dallas is trash. Hey, believe what you want, but there is lots of quality here. I agree with this again. And Watsamata, you certainly know that. Um, you know, moments like this, losses or big wins kind of swing things, right? You're either on top of the world or you're trash. The reality is the Cowboys right now are probably somewhere around the fifth to eighth best team in the NFL. You can qualify that, you know, however you'd like, whether you think they're five, six, seven, or eight. But relative to the entire playoff field, I think right now it's more than fair to put San Francisco ahead of literally everybody. Um, if you wanted to put Philadelphia or Detroit ahead of Dallas, I would argue that to a certain degree. But obviously, the current moment makes that difficult. You have to put Baltimore ahead of them. How could you not put Buffalo ahead of them, even though Buffalo is not technically, um, you know, clinched a playoff spot as of yet? Um, you certainly could put Kansas City ahead of them, although they've obviously had their struggles as of late. Um, they're not trash, but, um, you know, they have flaws that are seemingly going to be issues in the playoffs, right? It's not like they have flaws that are these one-off kind of, you know, random things. They had this, you know, crazy thing happen to them or whatever. No, like they cannot win on the road. And I, I did not believe that to a degree. In fact, I spent all of last week, every conversation I had, every podcast or radio show I did, I talked about how, man, you know, you look at it and this still has some life about how their losses on the road, so to speak, this season 
Um, I mean, they've lost five games, and if we're willing to throw away the Cardinals game because that was just – they were horrible. Um, they lost to the Niners, the Eagles, the Bills, and the Dolphins on the road. Those are four of the best teams in the NFL. Um, and so, yeah, like on one hand, is it fair to say, well, duh, you lost to four of the best teams in the NFL. They're some of the best teams in the NFL. Yes, that's fair. That's logical. That makes sense. But on the other hand, you know, who are you going to play if you you know, get to the playoffs and you know want to reach the Super Bowl? It's going to be the best teams in the NFL. So you have to find a way to conquer this. And so, again, I think that we exaggerate certain statements like, oh, all you do is beat the, the crummy teams. All you do is beat the trash teams. And I know you're not doing that, Watsamata. But um, when you don't live up to the challenge, you breathe life into those narratives. They had every opportunity to squash these, not just today against the Dolphins, but last week against the Bills, and they were not able to do so. Uh, Scott has brought this up. Um, I know that everybody's talking about this on social media. Um, about the lack of holding calls against Micah Parsons. I don't have a an educated take on this. Um, I I mean I I don't. Um, is it is it weird? Is it crazy? Is it wild that Micah hasn't drawn a holding penalty? Absolutely. Um, I mean, again, I, I don't have any any intellect. Any, any, it's it's weird. It's it's strange. I mean, and I know that there's a lot of people who want to believe that the NFL hates the Cowboys and the commissioner hates the Cowboys. I don't subscribe to anything like that. But what I will say is if you're one of the more dominant pass rushers in the NFL and you're not drawing a holding penalty, you've gone whatever it is, 37 or 38 quarters at this point in time, that does feel weird. I mean, that does just kind of like on an eye test, like initial test level feel kind of strange that one of the better, if not the best pass rusher in the NFL is not drawing a holding penalty, then um, that feels very, very, very weird. But Again, it's you know kind of tough to um you know blame the Panther or the Panthers. I saw the uh, a comment with Parsons' name it made me think of the word Panthers, but um I I don't have I wish I had something you know astute to offer on this. Uh, let's see here. Let's get back to our super chats. Um, uh, John, thank you very much. Says more targets for Van Ginkle than CD in quarters two and three. Man, um, look, I think Vic Fangio deserves a lot of credit. He's obviously an amazing defensive mind in the NFL, but for real, dude, like how do you forget that CD Lamb exists? Like I mean. At a certain point, and I tweeted this during the game, it just he's the game plan. This is just the CD show. I mean, like, he's got it. The game ended, obviously, uh, literally. I mean, we're here in the postgame show. But at game's end now, uh, looking at the box score here, CD Lamb finished with the two rushing attempts. Cool. And I like that. Find ways to manufacture him touches. But 10 targets and only six receptions. I'm sorry. It's got to be so much more. Jake Ferguson had eight targets, which is great to see. But Tyreek Hill had 14 targets. Tyreek Hill not even 100%. Like, you have, you have to be obsessed with getting CD Lamb involved because guess what? happens when he is involved good slash great things happen so definitely disappointing uh thank you david for the super chats is eagles away and today we were uh we were where we were blew it I, the eagles won't lose against the Giants. season is essentially over i don't think the eagle season or the cowboy season is essentially over by any stretch because they're a playoff team i mean they can get totally hot think about it there's still two weeks left in the regular season the playoffs don't start till three weeks from now i mean three weeks ago we thought the Cowboys were the best team in the NFL. Life and a lot can change in a matter of three weeks. So um, I'm not willing to go that far completely. Bryce, thank you for the super chats. As officiating has to be discussed this offseason. For instance, I guess you're allowed to hold tackle defenders and damn pants receivers in order to prevent them from making a play. It was a very, very, very strangely officiated game. And I get that point. I think it's a fair point. I think it's fair to be upset about that. But um, And I don't see any of you saying this in the chat, but if anyone is acting like that was the difference, that was why the Cowboys lost, I do think that that is going a little bit too far 
SJ Johnson, thank you for the super chats. Is not super down on this loss. If 40, talking about Hunter, look, if he doesn't fumble at the one yard, then we have 27 points and are in a better position to win the game. Holding this very explosive offense to 22 points is a win in my book. Four did his best. I agree with most of this, SJ. I don't, I mean, you can certainly, I don't think that Dak didn't not do his best. Or I, I think that Dak certainly played as well as he could, but I think that Dak, you know, was part of the problem. I really do. I mean, that's, I, I, more than praise Dak Prescott when I feel like it's warranted. And I feel like Dak Prescott partly let the Cowboys down. Um, and that's okay, right? Like he can't be superhuman every single week. He had an amazing drive, obviously, at the very end in a gotta have it situation. Um, but for the most part, the Cowboys offense was lethargic and was absent. And particularly because I agree with you, the Cowboys defense did their job to not be able to take advantage of that was just a really frustrating thing to kind of watch over and over and over again. Alexander with the comment on Facebook says getting cute on the goal line. First drive costs us the game. The Parsons call was four points. The Clark missed hold call costs us a chance at a game winning drive. I agree that the obviously first possession was costly for the Cowboys and getting cute obviously was definitely a thing. They also got cute on the possession where they took the lead. The first and goal play, obviously, after the penalty that Tyreek and Tyreek held that Kevante Turpin and Michael Gallup both ultimately drew. Um, Cowboys have first and goal at the half yard line. And what do they do? They try to get, you know, cute. And by the way, um, it's it's a Christmas show. We're all going to be cool. We're all going to be civil. Um, not afraid to put people in timeout around here. So if you're not cool and civil, you know, let's just keep all that in mind. Uh, but anyway, um, getting too cute is definitely a thing. I think, again, some of these things I don't know are things like with a capital T to where we have to be overly concerned, but it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a real intangible thing at this point in time. Sam uh, with the super chats is how much of a factor is the rain with Dak? I mean, it's gotta be a factor. I don't recall it at the, off the top of my head, but, um, but a good friend of the show, Bobby belt of one three, the fan um, tweeted this out actually before the bills game. It's, it's a thing like it's again, not a capital T thing, but it is definitely a thing with with Dak Prescott in this case and you know is it going to rain in Tampa or in San Francisco or Philadelphia definitely not Detroit in Las Vegas definitely not if the Cowboys somehow got there um you have to be ready for it and at a certain point we cannot you know continue to explain these things away I mean sometimes it's just they were not good enough and that's um it's a weird thing. Watson Mata, by the way, with the same kind of logic on the Micah penalty thing, says the top three most elite pass rusher can't get a call in 10 weeks. The offensive line players know it. It actually makes a big, big difference. Daryl Baker says we're just frauds. Um, there might be a teeny bit of fraudulence. I don't think that they're frauds. I think we can all relax. I know we're upset. I know we're frustrated. The Cowboys have lost two games in a row. We've gone a very, 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 very long time where that has been the case, and that's important to remember. Uh, but, um, but yeah. Um, now, Bree Guy seventy five says, "Argy, this defense is not elite." I don't. I'm not gonna put up with any defensive slander. You know, tonight, this game. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. 
And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cowboys defense held an, an, maybe the most explosive offense in the NFL outside of San Francisco to 22 points on, and 15 of those were field goals. And some of them were like from way beyond the arc. I mean, the Cowboys defense stood tall. And again, um, you had to say benefited, but you know, in a literal sense, benefited from some injury situations. And obviously that's all a part of the game and whatnot, but they did their job. I have no real ill will to put on the Cowboys defense this particular game where there are moments where they simply got outbeat because of the speed of the Dolphins pass catchers and skill position players. Absolutely. But if our expectation is to go down to Miami and shut these dudes out, I don't think you're being fair. I don't think you're being rational. And so the Cowboys defense more than lived up to their end of the bargain. This was an offensive loss in every way, shape or form. While Last week, we sat here you know, basically a week ago at this exact time, and we sat here and, and we kind of just said everybody stunk you know, for the Cowboys. Everybody was awful against the Bills, and that was true. I think the defense was very good. I don't think they were elite, but contextually, relatively speaking, the defense was very good. Now, I agree with Ray, says RJ2 was never in real pressure. They did what they had to do to win. Yeah, I mean, was this their their best performance? And maybe this is what you're saying, Ray. Um, but but was this their best performance? No, uh, by no stretch. But the game plan had to be different. This this was a different monster that they had to tame, and they survived. They lived to tell the tale. The Cowboys' offense definitely did not. So that was just a, a tough situation. F. Kit Crutch says no, but we expect the offense to show up throughout the game and not just at the end. Very, very, very much agreed. Um, but um, and Watsamata says defense was regularly gashed and gave up the game, losing four minute and 30 second drive. However, Miami's a super lead offense held them to 22 at home. Again, that's what I'm saying. Like, are we handing out like a game ball to the defense? No. Um, but relative to context, they they did their job. And I'm I'm willing to say that. Uh, Bubba J, thank you for the super chats. His historically to go far in the playoffs, you must stop the run and be able to run the ball. We didn't do either well. I did feel like last week in Buffalo, and I actually had the run game as a volatile stock, I felt like the Cowboys were able to kind of get things done just a bit on the ground. Um, does anybody know? How, I mean, maybe you've already looked at the box score, but does anybody know quickly how many total rushing yards the Cowboys had? Total. I'm talking about T-O-T-A-L. How many total rushing yards? If you don't know, just guess. I would love to see guesses in the comments. If you do know, please don't ruin it. But if you don't know, give us a guess. How many rushing yards? I'm trying to buy you all time. Do you think the Cowboys as an entire team had on the road against the Miami Dolphins. Andy Reeves says 45. Christopher Summers says 50. J.R. Wood says less than 80. Brandon Major says 68. John D. says 73. Kevin had the number exactly. I think Kevin might have seen it and peaked in the box score. 97 total yards for the Cowboys on the ground. And look, the Dolphins' defense is obviously, you know, I think better than conventional wisdom would suggest. Um, but you got to be able to do more than that. This is the time of year. And the Cowboys kind of talked about that, right? This is, you know, this is when it gets serious. You have to be able to run the ball. Um, Dallas Cowboy 2011 says, I'm separating myself from the rest of my delusional fan base. 
Uh, I don't know if you're talking about the fan base's opinions. Oh, my goodness. The Denver Broncos are off to a great start in this night game. Uh, but uh, you're saying I, we suck. Dak sucks. Mike sucks. Dan Quinn sucks. I don't know if you're saying that or if you're being facetious. Uh, but there is, you know, look. Every time the Cowboys lose, the sky is falling. That's just kind of the gig, man. You got to kind of accept it and, and, and ride the waves as they show up. But um, Al Plax says we need to create turnovers on the road in the playoffs and keep penalties to an absolute minimum to have some success. I agree with that. I think that that's a great point. Like you can talk about kind of the, the cliches of football, if you will, and turnovers. How many did the Cowboys obviously, you know, generate? None. They had no turnovers. They did uh, have a fumble themselves, obviously, at the very beginning with the Hunter situation, but not one, not a single one. Bob Stern's been doing a great job, obviously, on his Substack, um, kind of chronicling this. When This is the recipe for losing, I think maybe is the more specific way to do it. Don't generate any turnovers. Don't run the ball well. Have a bunch of penalties. I mean, all told, the Cowboys in this particular game, let me pull it up here so I get the number exact, had six penalties for 38 yards, but they were killer penalties at the exact moments that they were kind of inopportune. They kept drives alive. Not quite as bad, obviously, as they were against the Buffalo Bills last week. Now, Jared Turner says, we beat ourselves. We love to do it. I don't quite agree with this. I think the Cowboys were just not prepared. And this is kind of my last take before I get to my stock report here because I want to get you guys out of here early. It's Christmas Eve. I know you got family and things going on. Um I tweeted this at halftime. It felt like this team was playing so scared. I mean, it it felt like this this offense was so afraid to to generate a turnover. This defense was so afraid to give up the big play. Um, and you just can't win that way. You know, if you want to get conservative when you got a 20-point lead, by all means. But you cannot play scared in the NFL, let alone uh, against very good teams, whether or not you think the Dolphins are elite is up to you, but you cannot play scared on the road. You cannot play scared in situations where you have to have it. Um, and that's a tough scene. Um, it's that's, that's what bothered me the most, honestly. And that's what was so inspiring about how the Cowboys kind of put together the drive at the very end to take the lead that they relinquished very quickly was, you know, they really, you know, looked like they wanted it. And it was the first time in almost, you know, two full games that it felt like the Cowboys wanted it more than the team they were playing against. And that's um just a tough scene. SJ Johnson with the Super Chat says, how does Chuma allow free rushers twice, LOL? LT is a major need since Tyron is on his last legs, draft or free agency for sure. Um, yeah, bad, uh, bad game for Chuma Doga. Uh, let's go. Um, I actually, I know it's going to sound weird, but I have more stock ups than I do stock downs. Um, it just kind of felt that way, but the stock downs were just so kind of heavy that the net stock down effect was, um, you know, pretty significant. But anyway, uh, let's start with the stock downs because everybody wants to be negative. Mike McCarthy, I feel like we've kind of covered uh, why, um, but and I love Mike McCarthy. I have sat here and I have sang a lot of praises about Mike McCarthy and in losses, in bad moments, the good things can still be true, right? It doesn't just have to be, it's all the good things or all the bad things. All of the things can be true at once. Um, so it can be true that Mike McCarthy has really delivered the Cowboys to a legitimate place. I mean, consider, again, if you're looking for the sunshine in this moment here, that the Cowboys have lost two games in a row here. We're pissed off. We're really mad. But guess what? While they lost both of those games, they already had a ticket to the playoffs. And I know, oh, man, we're just going to show up and get bounced for the first, you know, you know, third year in a row. Well, again, that's a luxury. Are you telling me the Jets wouldn't give everything to show up to the playoffs and get bounced every year in a row? And I'm not sitting here and saying, just be grateful. Shut up. You don't have any reason to be mad at the Cowboys because you have a whole hell of a lot of reasons. But that 
you know, needs to be said as well. But I mean, goodness gracious, you have to be more prepared than this. You are you have to be more you have to be more aggressive as an offensive play caller. It felt like Mike got way stale, way conservative, especially as an offensive play caller. And the penalties continue to be an issue. And these aren't just penalties, they're pre-snap penalties. The motion thing with CD and Jake Ferguson, the false starts. You cannot do this. And look, I know that the Dolphins, you know, seem to have more fans in their building playing the Cowboys than most teams, but let's not act like Hard Rock Stadium is like, you know, the NFL mecca for you know home field advantage i mean it wasn't like the cowboys had false starts against the bills that's a really high powered stadium relative to the fan base you get what i'm saying so this just was not um reflective of a greatly coached team and they are a greatly coached team which is really frustrating namir thank you for the super chats as we killed the defense last week today they improved and adjusted saw micah off the ball a few times that's true just saw uh just some mike mccarthy stuff that kills me penalties and being too cute fans will cry but dallas is still solid that's really well said and kind of really well encapsulated. Ray Mendez says, enjoy seeing others feel my pain. Merry Christmas. Um, next up for me on Stock Down, Dak Prescott. You got to do more. And it's unfair, right? It's it's unfair, but that's that's the gig. I mean, you got to do more. And if we're going to sit here and we're going to bag on the offense, we're going to say they weren't enough. I mean, it felt like Dak was so nervous. I mean, and again, it's it's not an easy thing to go up against a Vic Fangio coordinated defense and, and all the blitzing and things that happen, but you have to find a way. And, and so stock down Dak Prescott, he was on such fire, obviously, for such a long time. And last week was disappointing. This week was disappointing. And um, my faith in Dak overall isn't wavering, but um, not his finest hour. Certainly, if you're curious from a statistical standpoint, again, it is fantasy playoff season. Uh, Dak finished 20 of 32, 253 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, was under a lot of duress, uh, but couldn't quite get it done. And that feels like a really lame sports radio thing to say, um, but that's just kind of where we're at. That's the point we're at here. Uh, Chuma Adoga, we really have to say much. I mean, do we really have to? Do you really need me to offer anything that hasn't been said here? I mean, it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it was bad. I mean, it was. He's on the stock down list because it was bad. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at here. Tyler Smith. Um, obviously, we're way more forgiving of Tyler Smith, who's also on the stock down list for the podcast audience that can't see the graphics. Um, missing Tyron hurts. And I know that a lot of people want to, um, you know, get onto Tyron um, and say like, oh man, his presence causes more problems and whatnot. And I've been somebody who said that, but it's just the reality. And look, this is a little bit of coping, but if the Cowboys have to miss Tyron Smith uh, for a teeny little bit, um, you know, in December to have him right for the playoffs, then I'm willing to pay that price. Um, a lot of you are, you know, uh, disagreeing with me on the Dak Prescott thing. I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see that, that, that a lot of you are supportive of Dak Prescott. So that makes me happy. I'm, I'm fine being wrong in, in y'all's minds. Um, stock down Tyler Smith. Those are the only stock downs I have. I, I don't know if anybody had any other stock. I mean, y'all don't even agree for the most part with, with Dak Prescott as being a stock down. I mean, there was no real like specific player in my mind that really kind of failed. And I, that's why I think the failure is really massive around McCarthy and, you know, I, again, in my personal opinion, Dak Prescott, you know, wasn't, you know, good enough in certain moments. Granted, he was under duress. And again, we talked about Chuma Doga. We talked about, obviously, Tyler Smith. But I think it's difficult. Uh, let me see here. Trying to put somebody in timeout. Uh, uh, Michael says Dak is the 11th best quarterback in the world. So that's not that bad. I don't think he's bad overall. I just would have liked to have seen more. Um, so I don't have a lot of other players that I'm down on because, 
I feel like the defense played well. I think the offense kind of came down to a handful of people. Um, and that's, you know, where it's at. Uh, if we're curious, you know, stock up CD lamb. I mean, because he's amazing. Let's kind of rip through these here. Stock up Demarcus Lawrence. And I think Demarcus Lawrence deserves more than a stock up in my mind. The Cowboys defense got worked last week. I mean, absolutely worked. They got worked on the ground. James Cook had some historic numbers and Demarcus Lawrence. I thought this was stupid, but a lot of people got on him for a comment he had made a week or the week before after beating the Eagles about how you got to be ready. You got to be physical. ESPN aired it and had an expletive and all this stuff. If anybody took the loss from last week and, you know, said that's never happening, you know, as far as how I'm involved ever again, it was Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence really, really, I think, you know, lived up to to what he had to do. He was amazing in this game. I can't wait to see PFF grades. He was awesome. So well done, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Very, very, very pleased to see it. I don't know why anybody ever hates on Demarcus Lawrence. It's so silly. Um, John D says, where's the Brian Anger love? Rarely a bad punt all year. That's true. Uh, if you want to give Brian Anger a stock up, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, Michael Grove says, "We or no, this was uh, Connell says, we need a running back. Michael Grove says, saw a little spark in Tolbert. You and I park our cars in the same garage. Because stock up for me, Jalen Tolbert. Now, the bar is a little bit lower for Tolbert to kind of, you know, reach a stock up than it is for a lot of other players but the catch he had the big catch was amazing and that's what was kind of frustrating about the offense was the offense for the most part outside of the one drive at the very end it was the big cd lamb touchdown and the big jalen tolbert play that was kind of the offense before the drive at the very end uh so shout out to jalen tolbert shout out of course uh to brandon cooks who had the touchdown of the go-ahead touchdown that you know the lead the cowboys were not able to hold on to i have two more stock ups stefan gilmore because man stefan is really really showed up i mean really showed up for the cowboys and you know i was really nervous like i think a lot of people were uh when it looked like he was injured but i think stefan gilmore has played really 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 sound football for the cowboys as of late this was a very very tall order for him to go up against and obviously deron bland as well and, and every time deron bland doesn't have a pick six we just like forget that he ever exists but stock up to um to stefan gilmore amazing performance relatively speaking in my mind Final stock up in my mind, Brandon Aubrey, because he's amazing. And Brandon Aubrey's made 33 consecutive field goals to start his career. Like, what? That's impossible. Uh, Ray Mendes, think of the super chat, says, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Ray. Uh, Kevin says, stock up Amari Cooper, 265 yards today. Uh, it was a very sad day to remember that the Cowboys traded away Amari Cooper for basically nothing. Uh, he was incredible for the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, and I am very sad about that. Uh, Steve says stocks are supposed to be week to week. How can you say Dak didn't do better than last week? Well, because the expectation was kind of magnified, right? The expectation was you don't lose two games in a row as a team. Your offense had a bad day in Buffalo. We were all willing to excuse it. We were all willing to say, hey, you ran into this. It was the weather. Hey, it was the Bills. They were desperate. We explained away a lot of things. And did they improve? I mean, fine. If they were, you know, if, if the status quo remained the same from a week ago to today, that's fine. I guess in, in a literal sense, maybe the stock doesn't go down. But you're the quarterback. I mean, you're you are the straw that serves the drink. You're supposed to be the catalytic effect. And he was for some of this game. I completely agree with all of you who say, you know, that he kept uh, drives alive and moments alive and obviously was under duress all night long. But again, I mean, it ha it can't just be on Mike McCarthy. It can't. And I, I mean, I am putting a, a whole hell of a lot of credit, you know, or, or uh, blame on Mike McCarthy for this game. Some of it was on deck. He was a little too trigger happy in the first half and, and things did settle, obviously, but it was not his best game. And there are reasons for that 
fairly objective reasons that are not his fault, but he has to do more. That's the reality of the position. We sit here and we make fun of Jalen Hurts or whoever the case may be because he's not doing enough. That's the gig. Uh, so um, I uh, I stand by it. I'm, I'm cool with us disagreeing here. That's That happens sometimes in the stock report, guys. We can all still love each other. Um, but it was a weird game in that, again, I have a hard time coming up with any other individual stock downs because – for the most part, the Cowboys defense played well. Yes, they gave up a couple of occasional plays, but they're super talented players on the Dolphins. And so I don't necessarily hold that against them. Uh, Ray says, uh, stock up for us Cowboys fan who continue to support the Cowboys despite how painful it can be. Uh, Kevin, who just got here, says, got to blame the offense tonight. Defense held their end of the bargain. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't, I'll, I'll acknowledge that it's not completely rational to have Dak as a stock down, but that's just kind of where we're at. Like, you know, we're, we're at here where there's two weeks, Two games left to the playoffs. Like it has to be enough or it isn't. And so that's, um, you know, Kevin, by the way, is saying, how is Pollard not a stock down? If you want to have Tony Pollard be a stock down, I'm more than fine with that. Tony Pollard in this game, 12 carries, 38 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. For what it's worth, Rico Dowdle, only two carries, four yards. The run game as a whole, again, missing turn was, um, yeah, and again, I hate to kind of throw that out as this blanket, like we we use that to explain everything away. Um, it, it can't just be Mike McCarthy and Chuma Adoga's fault, but um, Tony Pollard is a stock down is a very fair call. I'll add him in the article version of this, and we'll have 11 as opposed to 10, because it was um, it was a bad day for Tony Pollard. And I really thought that we had turned a corner with him, you know, last week, and I, I, I don't think he's as bad as, as the internet makes it seem, uh, but he's obviously not playing at a high level. Uh, Casey says, take away the lucky fumble and even just one of the crucial non-existent left tackle plays that ruined a third down for us. The Cowboys would have been up, uh, would have put up 27 to 30. That may be true. I mean, I can certainly see that argument and, and how it holds water, but the reality is, um, they didn't, and we're all sad because of it. Now, here's the thing. I know it's frustrating. I know it's annoying. I know everything is a bummer, but this really, and I saw Shereen Williams uh, Pro Football Talk tweet this out before, before we started the show, this really did not damage the Cowboys' chances to win the NFC East. And I know a lot of you are saying, and by the way, I've got the game on behind y'all. How did the Broncos not score after that first play? I thought for sure they were going to score. I just realized that they didn't, but whatever. Um, anyway, um, I know a lot of people want to say, don't bring up the NFC East to me, blah, 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 blah. There's no way this team sucks. This team stinks. Everybody's bad. Everybody's trash. But this did not really damage their cost now they it did eliminate room for error the cowboys have to win against detroit they have to win against washington and they have to get a philly loss if those three things happen they win the division all right that's it um and so is it fair to assume they're just gonna fix things no is it fair to question them? Absolutely. Is it fair to be frustrated? Totally. Um, we're in a weird spot right now. It's a little bit of a rut, but it's a week-to-week -week league, and we're, we're going to have to make it. We're going to have to hold each other. We're going to have to make it through this, and I know that we can. Um, all right. Um, Cowboys lost on Christmas Eve. They really did this to us. Um, if you don't even want to watch football tonight, can't say I blame you. You want to watch a movie or something like that? By all means, you want to play a board game? Go ahead. You want to do the white elephant? You want to open gifts? I don't mind it. 
you know, I hope you all are uh, winning in your fantasy playoff games. But more than anything, um, I hope that you all are having a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll have a video up on Monday, um, Monday evening, Monday night, actually recapping kind of the action across the NFC playoff picture and where the Cowboys are entering week 17. Uh, so please be on the lookout for that. But I say this all the time, and I'm going to continue to say this because we are so incredibly fortunate and blessed here at Blog of the Boys that all of you choose to support us, that all of you choose to follow us, that all of you choose to listen to us, that all of you choose to interact with us. Um, and, you know, Christmas is a, is a time of year where that, that feels more prominent than usual. And some of that is because it lines up with, you know, playoffs and things like that. Uh, but I really, uh, I know I speak for our entire staff at Blog on the Boys uh, in saying thank you all so much. We could not literally do what we do without your support, without your participation, without your attention, without your love and detail to everything that we do. And so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much uh, for being a part of our lives. It really does mean everything. And I hope you, however you're celebrating this holiday, this Christmas season, whether it's with family or friends or whatever, um, I hope you have just the, the most incredible holiday. I hope it's exactly what you want because that's exactly what you deserve. Um, and I hope that you make some wonderful memories. Granted, they will not be uh, Dallas Cowboys related. <laughs> um, uh, but I hope you get whatever Dallas Cowboys thing you wanted, uh, whether it's a jersey or a hat or a T-shirt, maybe a victory polo that you cannot wear on Christmas Day. Goodness gracious. But um, but I hope that it is um, – I hope it's very special for you. Um, Jay Miller, thank you for the super chat. Says Merry Christmas, RJ. Thank you for all that you do. Um, so, yeah, we will make it through this. We will – survive we will rebuild we have the technology um the cowboys are very much alive for the nfc east so let be mad feel the emotions if you want but but just remember that or keep that perspective keep that context because that matters very much as far as all this is concerned and i don't mean to do that like they were never going to win every single game um you know th there's no coping here it was a frustrating and inexcusable loss and there are things to be legitimately concerned by but there are also things as was noted in the chat throughout the entire discussion to remain positive in to believe in continually so we do not have to throw the baby out with the bathwater consider that you know a defense that one like think about this for a second all right a week ago we were all here and we were like this defense sucks this defense stinks this defense stinks out loud this defense is horrible this defense is like you know the new ferrari movie seriously who enjoyed that movie it was awful but whatever um this defense is so terrible and one week later just one snap of the nfl schedule later the Dallas Cowboys defense held one of the more explosive offenses in the NFL to just a single touchdown. It can change that quickly. And on Saturday night, the Dallas Cowboys could put up 50 points against the Detroit Lions because Jimmy Johnson deserves that when he goes into the ring of honor. And then we'll sit here and we'll bemoan and we'll say, well, we can do that at home, but they can't do that on the road. And we'll have something to be mad about, something to be upset about. But things can change on a week-to-week -week basis all the time in the NFL. So if you are looking for a point of cope, rather a point of hope, because the one and only Kate McAllister said that this is the season of perpetual hope. It is that the Dallas Cowboys are a very good team. The Dallas Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFL. That really did not feel like the case on Sunday, but it did not refrain it from being true in an overall sense. Remember those things. I love you all. Merry Christmas to you all. Go Cowboys for now and forever and ever. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll see you next time.